First of all, I want to welcome everybody again to Bethel Baptist Men's Day 2013. It's good to see everybody. And at this time, I would like to ask all of our men to stand for me. Come on, men, don't be shy. Everybody. This message is designed for you guys today. I am talking specifically to us men. Now, ladies, don't tune me out. <laughs> don't fall asleep on me. There's things in here that you can use, too, for yourself or against us, <laughs> ever how you would like. But this message is designed for us, men. You can go ahead and be seated now. And it will change our lives if we choose to use it. Amen. Nick, I sound a little bit loud. First question I asked myself when I was asked to do this message was, uh, well, what makes a man? Does the size of the house I live in make me? Does the size of a man's house make him? Is it the amount of money a man makes that defines him? Is it the type of car that he drives? Um, the dictionary says this. A man is an adult male human. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that left a whole lot to be desired. <laughs> I wanted more out of that. Um, Mr. Webster way oversimplified what a man really is. There are many ways to measure a man. And being an adult male human being is just one way. The Bible, on the other hand, gives us many, many ways to measure a man. As a father, as a grandfather, as a boss, as an employee. Now the one I picked out for us to focus mostly on today is this. God is clearly calling for all men Amen. to be leaders. I read an article that said, Manhood is demonstrated in a man's fulfillment of responsibility and leadership. Now, Timothy, Peter, and Paul all address the role of men as leaders. And there are other examples in the Bible as well. Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2 says this. This is Paul talking. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another in love. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for leading us all here today, and now we invite you in to be with us. And we just ask that you to help us be the leaders that you are calling us to be. 
Give us the tools we need and help us to use them as we should to lead for you and glorify you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Paul tells us to live a life worthy of our calling. Then he lists several tools to help us be successful at that calling. He lists humility. He lists gentleness. He lists patience. And he lists love. Men, we are called to be leaders. Amen. To be successful leaders, we're going to need to use each and every one of these tools that he just gave us. Men, we are called to be leaders of our household. We are called to be leaders of our church. Men, we are called to be leaders of our community. We are called to be leaders for God. Leadership brings on responsibility. And responsibility brings pressure. And as leaders for the almighty God, that brings a lot of pressure. That brings a lot of responsibilities. And it is that pressure of responsibilities that make some men want to turn and run and hide. The fear of failing in those responsibilities makes some men want to run and hide. And therein lies the problem. Too many men, too many of us are running and hiding. Manhood is demonstrated in a man's fulfillment of responsibility and leadership. If we are going to fulfill our responsibilities and be good, godly leaders, then we're going to need to use those tools. Humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Those tools that Paul told us about. With these tools, we can be successful as men and as leaders. Now usually, when addressing a group of men, the speaker will normally just talk about the responsibilities of a man. Men, we know we have responsibilities, don't we? We know we have responsibilities. But yet, so many of our responsibilities are being ignored. Men, we have gone AWOL on our responsibilities. This can be seen, for example, in the number of single-parent families in our nation today. The number of kids being raised by single mothers is staggering. It can also be seen in the low church attendance of men. When a man is not leading, 
then it is a problem for our whole society. There are 30-some men here today. Twelve was at our men's breakfast. There are near 40 women here today. Unofficial count, of course. I think the problem not only lies with responsibilities, I think the problem lies with the relationships of a man. There are few men who would not do whatever necessary if they had the proper relationships. Relationships is what makes the man. Now, I asked earlier, what makes a man? Well, there's your answer. Relationships make the man. A man is defined by his relationships, not his house, not his money, not his car, his relationships. Someone made the observation that a person who has responsibility minus a relationship would always get rebellion. Now there are a couple of different ways to look at that statement. One is if we are in charge of someone, we have responsibility over this person, but we have no relationship built with them, they are normally going to rebel against our leadership. This is why so many stepfathers have a difficult time with their stepchildren. There's no relationship. The first thing they need to do is to build a bridge. A bridge, a relationship has to be built before discipline can be administered. The first thing is to have a relationship. In fact, a person has to give us the right or allow us to lead before they will follow. Now the second way to look at that statement is the relationship the man has will determine the level of reaction that he will have to his responsibilities. When a man's relationships are correct with others, then his responsibilities are much easier. The burden of responsibilities is made lighter by the blessings of a relationship. Example. A good long while ago, I worked at a grocery store as a stalker. I worked for two managers with two very different styles of managing his people. The first didn't know you as anything but a stalker. And he wasn't about to get to know you either. He had a job to do, and he was there to make sure it got done. You had a job to do, you were there to make sure it got done. He was hard-nosed, just get in there and get her done. 
He barked out orders and shouted out commands with no regard for anybody's feelings. Looking back on it now, when anything got done around there, when he was there, he was the one that usually did it. The second manager was more personal. He took time to ask us to do things. While on break, he would come up and have a conversation to, with us and talk about things outside of work. He would ask about our family, about our grades, about school, about our problems. He would even ask if there was a problem with our schedule, if there was anything he could do better. Looking back on it now, that guy did less physical work than anybody I have ever known. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a bad way. That's a good thing. Because see, what he did was he built that bridge. He built that relationship. And now we wanted to make him look good. We wanted to make his job easier. You see, the second managers built that relationship. In doing so, he made his responsibilities less of a burden. He was leading, and we were allowing him to lead. In his many years of experience, he found that if he would work on the relationship with his employees, his job would get much easier. That was a very wise man. And relationships, all relationships, do require work. They have to be fine-tuned. We can't just build a relationship and forget about it and move on. It's an ongoing, continuous project. We have to keep coming back to it for a little maintenance once in a while. You don't drive a car and never do any maintenance on it. A relationship that is not maintained will do the same thing that that car that is not maintained will do. And that is break down. Now I'm going to identify three relationships every man should understand and work on. These relationships will balance a man's life and make him successful in his responsibilities and as a leader. Now, let me tell you, there are really more than three. But since y'all didn't pack a lunch <laughs> or a supper, I'm going to hold her down to three. If y'all don't mind, we'll go all day. <laughs> I'll hold her down to three, the three most important. And I will save the rest for another time. The first relationship a man must understand and work on, a man and his Lord. Now, I should have probably kept this one and saved it for last, but the thing is, all of our other relationships build off of this one. If this one isn't correct, none of our others will be. A man and his Lord. This must be first and foremost in our lives. 
without a proper relationship with God, none of our other relationships will be what they should be, will be the blessing that they should be. When God created man, He did so with a desire to have a relationship with Him. Now in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, they show God walking in the garden, taking walks with man, while man was hiding because of his sin. It says this, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Then the Lord God called the man and said to him, Where are you? Men, where are you today? The thing that makes us hide from the Lord is the thing that will make us absent in our responsibilities. Men, where are you? God can handle our weaknesses. If we can admit our failures and desire Him more than the darkness, God can handle our weaknesses. The only thing that separates man from God is fear. Sin cannot because Jesus Christ is our bridge. He is the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is our bridge to God. But our fear, our fear of failing, our fear of His response to our failures can keep us from Him. Our fear will cause us to hide. I've heard the saying, Sin is the great separator. Christ is the great arbitrator, and I love that. But really, it should be our fear is the great separator, and Christ is the great arbitrator. God is always pursuing us, even when we're hiding from Him. He was walking through the garden. Man was hiding. He calls out, where are you? In order to fulfill our responsibilities, we must quit hiding. We have to quit hiding from God and work on building a relationship. If we spent as much time working on that relationship as we did hiding, wow, what a relationship that would be. Relationships require work. In order to have a relationship, both parties must do their part. God is doing His. Men, we have got to start doing ours. Amen. And our part is to get to know God better. Submit our lives to His will. Build a relationship with Him. Now how do we do this? We talk to God in prayer. We study God's Word. We fellowship with other Christians so we can see His work in their lives. We place our faith in Jesus Christ. We build a relationship. 
If we're going to have the proper relationship with God, men, we've got to work on it and quit hiding. Men, where are you? It is the relationships that make the man. And our relationship with God is what will make all of our other relationships what God intended them to be. Successful. The second relationship that will balance a man's life and make him successful in his responsibilities and a successful leader, a man and his church. A pastor delivered a message on a normal Sunday. He closed, he prayed, he goes to the back to shake everybody's hand. He shakes hands with most of the people going, and he sees somebody coming he recognizes as a CEO. Only there on Christmas and Easter. When that guy gets to him, he grabs him, shakes his hand, and grabs his arm and pulls him close. He says, you, my friend, need to join the Lord's army. The guy says, I'm already in the Lord's army. And the pastor says, well then, why do I only see you on Christmas and Easter? And the guy leans in real close and he whispers, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> Men, we are not in the secret service. Amen. We are called to be leaders, called to be on the front line. There was a study done that came to the conclusion that when a mother comes to Christ, 17% of her family will follow her to church. But when a man comes to Christ, 93% of his family will follow him. Today, on average, there are 13 more women in church each Sunday than men per church. Ours had seven more women today than men, unofficially. Men, where are you? 70% of our boys and young men will leave our church in their teens and early 20s. The man is the greatest evangelism tool and discipleship tool missing from our churches. A man sold out to Christ and to his church will do more than all the campaigns and marketing a pastor can do to grow the congregation. If the church in America is falling or failing, it's because we men are not there to swing the bat and run the bases. If men hear anything from their pastors, 
It should be that they hear how much they are needed in the church as men. Men, you are more than a number on the roll. You are more than accounts in the offering. You are the influence of God's great work and power. When our sons see their fathers fulfilling the duties of the church, it creates a desire within them. And if we have the proper relationship with God, and we have the proper relationship with our church, then our children will follow us. Proper relationships will make us effective leaders. As a man, God wants us to lead. In the church. Lead our families to worship. Lead our families in giving. And lead our families to the altar. As men, we are called to be leaders. Leaders for God. And leading brings responsibility. And leading for God brings massive responsibilities. And if we are going to be successful, we're going to have to have the proper relationship with God and the proper relationship with our church. Men get involved. There are plenty of opportunities out there today. Right here, right now. Whether it's teaching Sunday school or driving the van, whether it's doing some building maintenance or ushering. Maybe you say, well, I can't do any of those. But what you can do is mentor some of the younger guys coming up. Maybe the new Christians. You can disciple them. There's always opportunities out there. Get involved, men. Whatever it is you're feeling God lead you to do in your church, here's a popular saying, just do it. Stole that one from Nike. Just do it. Do it for God. Do it for your children. Do it for the relationship between you and your church. Because relationships do make demands. Men, where are you? The third relationship to make a man successful in his responsibility and successful as a leader, a man and his wife. Marriage can be tough. Not just for the men, but for the women too. Marriage can be tough on both parts. But just like any other relationship, it requires work. 
If we will just put in the time and the effort, our marriage can be one of the greatest blessings in our lives. For that to happen, men, our relationship with our wives has got to take several steps ahead of our relationship with any other woman. Our mothers, our sisters, any other female relationship that you have has to take several steps back from the one you have with your wife. She is our greatest confidant. She is our greatest cheerleader. She is our greatest comrade. And she is the most precious thing in our life. And she deserves to be treated that way. We have to treat her as the most special thing God has ever given us. If we want to get the greatest good out of that relationship. I have never understood, and I am guilty of it too, guys, but I have never understood how a man can spend countless hours tuning up a car or cleaning and caring for his guns or studying sports until he knows everything there is to know about his favorite team. But then come in the house and never open his mouth with a compliment to his wife never open his mouth about how much she means to him. Guys, if we want to be successful with her, we better spend some time working on that relationship. All relationships require work. If the responsibility of our wife is heavy, it may not be the responsibility that's out of whack. It may be the relationship. If we are going to be leaders like we are called to be, we have to have people to follow us. People are not going to follow us if we don't have the proper relationship and our wife is no different. If she is going to follow, we must have the proper relationship with her. We must show her that we are worth following. Ephesians 5, 25 and 28 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it goes on to say, So husbands ought also to love their wives as their own bodies. Yes, men, we are called to lead our wives. But we are to lead our, our wives with love. Just as Christ loved the church. If we are leading with love, they're not going to have any problem following. Good leaders have two qualities. Two qualities that are in perfect harmony with each other. Not too much of one not too little of the other, two qualities that are in perfect harmony with each other. 
strength, and tenderness. These two qualities can be seen in leaders such as David or Paul or Jesus. Strong when they needed to be, but loving and gentle and tender when they needed to be. These two qualities have to be in balance. Men, our problem is, well, one of our problems <laughs> is that we only like to show our strength. Strength without tenderness can equal rebellion. As hard as it is for us to show, fellas, we have to show our wives that we are caring and gentle. That's part of building that relationship. Hiding nothing. Good, successful leaders love and serve, and this is how we are to lead our wives. Love and serve them. Love them with all of our heart and serve them any way possible. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> when Jada and I got married, we went through our problems. We had some tough times. I had absolutely no idea what my role as a husband was. I didn't know what it really meant. And I didn't know how to be successful at it. I was far from caring and gentle, and I didn't know what love and serve was. We did go through our tough times because of my poor leadership. But that all changed once I started building my relationship with God. Amen. That all changed once I started to allow Him to lead me. That all changed once I started working on my relationship with my church. Now, I'm proud to say that I am a totally different man. Can I get an amen, amen. sister? <laughs> I am a totally different man. I am a totally different leader. And I know that I am being successful in my role as a man and a husband and a leader because, first of all, I am a follower. People have to allow someone to lead them. They are not going to allow us to lead if we have no relationship with them. The burden of our responsibilities as men will be lessened if we have the proper relationships. And it all begins with our relationship with God. If that relationship is not like it should be, if it's not proper, none of our relationships will be. 
during this altar call, men, if you will vow with me to work on your relationship with God, to work on your relationship with your church and get involved and to work on your relationships with your wives, what I want you to do is stand up and come up here with me in a little bit to show everybody that we are serious, that we are taking our role as men seriously. Or maybe there's someone in here who first needs to start that relationship. That first relationship. The relationship with God. That's the first step. That's the first thing we have to do is get that relationship going. Take that step of faith today. Step out in that aisle and walk down here and tell God, I'm ready. I'm ready for this relationship. Tell him that you're ready to become a follower today. Put your faith in Christ today. There are no wrong words or there are no right words because God knows what's in your heart. So men, let's quit hiding today. Let's quit running today. Let's step up. Let's get our relationships fixed so that we can then fulfill our responsibilities as men. Men, where are you today? It really is the relationships that make the man. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for being here with us this morning. Now we ask that you just enter into each and every man's heart here today and step up. Have us to step up as men. Have us to step up and serve you. Father, if there is one here today that don't have a relationship with you, we ask that you just speak with him right now. Clear his mind, clear his heart, and you just enter in. Father, just have your way amongst us. Lord, help us as men to work on our relationships, to build our relationship with you stronger, to build our relationship with our church, and to get involved. And Father, we ask you to help us work on our relationships with our wives. Lord, we thank you today for everything that you've done for us and everything that you're going to continue to do for us because we know you're there for us. And Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on that cross for our sins. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.